the core of this practice is this one word, metta, which means compassion, loving kindness and compassion. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Love Drive. Let's call this season two. I can get behind a message or a practice that is all about loving kindness and compassion. The new motto for The Love Drive is putting love into words. And so I am excited to be able to interview people, experts, regular folks, free love advice seekers, And together, we can help each other put love into words. So for 2019, that is what we're doing. And we're going to kick it off with an interview with Shai Plonsky, who I met uh, while naked in a hot spring in Northern California back in November, and who is a Thai yoga massage instructor. We connected, and, and now here we are. We're talking about how giving massage can bring more love to your life. We're talking about the art of giving massage and what it can bring to you, how it can be a meditation, like an actual meditation practice. And everything I know about meditation is that it is the key to happiness and productivity and better sleep and less anger and more love. And so what we're talking about today is is incredibly important. And I'm excited to put it into practice in my life. And, you know, let's be honest, we could all use more touch, both giving it and receiving it. My name is Sean Galanos. This is The Love Drive. Welcome back. Would you please introduce yourself? So my name is Shai, Shai Plonsky. I am the author of a book called The Joy of Giving Massage. And I've also been teaching Thai yoga massage for the last 16 years. And I'm really happy to be here. I'm stoked that we're, we're chatting. We met uh, naked in a hot spring in Northern California. I just feel like we should, we should let everybody know that. I love that part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you say Thai yoga massage... I, I don't really know what that means. So how is Thai yoga massage different from other types of massage? A Thai yoga massage is essentially meditation and loving kindness practice turned into a massage form. By definition, it's as good for the person who's giving it as the person who's receiving it. That's really built into the whole approach of how I teach it, how you learn it and how you apply it. But then when you're actually on the receiving end, it's a mix of customized stretches or yoga um, with massage and moving energy all around the body. You do it either on a mat on the ground or up on a massage table. I mean that, you know, you're massaging the whole body from head to toe. The feet get just as much attention as the back, as the head, as the legs, depending on what's going on for a person. But You know, when someone gets a full-time massage, you feel like every single inch of your body just got so much love and so much attention. So it's a big part of it. 
I love that. And I love that your book is called The Joy of Giving Massage because, you know, when I was younger, I kind of saw giving mas- massage as something that I had to do in order to receive massage. <laughs> right. Exactly. And while reading through your book, it made it so abundantly clear. You made it so clear that you can get as much pleasure giving a massage as you can receiving a massage. And that to me is such a phenomenal way of experiencing massage, right? Where you actually get by giving. I feel like I'm motivated to write that book because of how many times my mind and body and heart have been blown wide open from giving a massage over the last 16 or 17 years. And I just feel like it's this secret that not enough people who are into yoga or meditation or health or love or connecting with people that they care about, they need to know about this because I feel like it's life-changing stuff. Yeah, I had an experience. So uh, a few days ago, I went to a cacao ceremony and cuddle party. (laughs) And... uh, and it was it was a really beautiful it was a beautiful evening and there was there was this moment where i was talking to somebody new that i hadn't i hadn't i hadn't met yet you know and she said something along the lines of like could you massage my neck it's really tender on one particular side and i have uh, fairly strong hands from uh, like uh, lifting gym lifting and rock climbing I was, I had my back against the wall. She had her back against my chest. So she was sort of like, I was sort of cradling her and I was rubbing her neck. And the longer I did it, the more she, you could, I could feel her sinking deeper Mm. and deeper and deeper into me. And she started off kind of sitting, but she ended up like kind of laying down because she had sunk in so low and so deeply into this massage. And all I was doing was rubbing her neck. And from my perspective, it was such a loving connection that her and I were sharing. This is a total stranger that just like really unfolded and opened up the more I just like kept on massaging her. And after that, we had, we felt so much more intimate, you know, we felt like we had, there was the beginning of an intimate connection with someone that I didn't know. And I was able to just like really relax into giving and she was able to relax into receiving. Oh, that's beautiful. I love to hear that story. You know, and I love that you're even touching upon the word intimate there. You know, you have intimate between lovers or between partners and relationship. And so many times I feel like that's where intimacy is uh, permitted in the Western culture. Right. Deep, real connections between friends or even between strangers becoming friends. You know, I mean, I call that intimate and I feel like that those bonds that we create, that we see in people and feel in people, like that gives so much meaning into life and into health and into feeling, you know, just a part of the world and connected in the world, massage and touch and compassion and touch that way. I mean, you just explained it so well, like even in just a few minutes of massaging her neck what that did and how that opened a doorway for the two of you to then start a real connection. You're right. People don't really permit themselves or even see intimacy as being something that you can cultivate with family members, with friends, with strangers. It's usually reserved for a romantic partnership or a couple. And the way I see intimacy is really just vulnerability and an openness to getting to know and to connect with somebody else. This is a great way to do it. And I think it's great that 
define those terms, you know, like that intimacy is vulnerability and just a way of, yeah, being open with another person. It's not sex, doesn't have to lead to sex or anything like that. And it's, but by just being able to be vulnerable with people, it changes everything. Mm. And that's what I want. I want more intimacy in my life in all aspects, whether it be romantic or platonic or familial. You know, I want to deepen my ability to, to be intimate with people and to cultivate love in all aspects. Right. And do it mindfully and do it respectfully. In my experience, it can be kind of scary to give a massage to somebody. What can people do to sort of alleviate that fear? You know, the core of this practice is this one word, metta, which means like compassion, loving kindness and compassion. Essentially, it's universal love, in my opinion. It's the energy of loving kindness that exists in the present moment. So when you are simply breathing, being mindful, meditating, or paying attention, and you notice your body, you may notice just energy that moves in your body. And I call that meta. We have trillions of cells in our body, trillions of bits of information being processed every moment. Each one of those cells is an individual that is working collectively as part of this whole. And it's working for us every second of our lives, you know. So every time we take a step, anytime we want to learn something new, anytime we hurt ourselves, and you know, if you hurt your left ankle, it's not like your right leg says, well, good luck with that. You know, it's more like, how can I help? Even though it's unconscious, there is choice that's being made every moment by our own intelligent design. So my feeling is that we have that in us in such abundance and we're experts already in this energy of metta and this energy of helping and this energy of compassion and kindness. So you tap into that, you hear that and feel that how it's already resonating in you. And that's the place from which you start to give a massage. And then you turn that into, you know, real principles that you can put into action for how to give a massage. But it's the kind of thing that because you're already an expert in it, I can teach you in like five minutes the secrets to giving an incredible massage, and then you can start to put that into use right away. So you're talking about a place from which a massage can happen, which is beautiful. It means that you find a place in which you are feeling loving and open and giving, and then give from that place. That's a great place to start from. Yeah. And if that sounds like a little bit esoteric or what I'm talking about, you know, all I would say is just think about someone you care about and then pay attention to how that makes you feel. And you are already there. Think about your best friend. Think about your parent or your lover or your dog or whatever it may be or what you think about the world, like that something that helps you to feel good. And that good feeling is meta. And then you're right. And then you're just giving from that place. I like that you, <laughs> we kind of backed up a little bit and go, okay, this sounds a little esoteric. Let's, let's ground into this and, and like make it practical because I sometimes have a hard time with uh, like the singing bowl aspect of spirituality. Sure. And, uh, and it's really helpful to just name, name practical ways of accessing, you know, love and intimacy and kindness within ourselves. And then by, by that definition, give from there. So then really, if you want me to be practical about it, you know, what I would say is you feel that energy, you, you get in touch with that meta, and then 
the principles of turning that into a great massage, like the secret to giving a great massage, it's one sentence, which is simply, uh, how slow can you go and how high can you fly? That's what I say. <laughs> I have done some massage in my life. I mean, I've always been a touchy person. Um, I'm always, I'm the guy who's hanging on his male friends, just like hanging on their shoulders. And I tell people I love them all the time, right? It comes really easily for me to do that. But before I started giving massage, I didn't want to create any harm in people's bodies. And so I went to Esalen and I did like a massage workshop, like a weekend workshop. And I don't know if, have you ever been to Esalen? Uh, I have been to the gates of Esalen, but I've never actually like taken a workshop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually a lot of people's experience. It's like, how do I get into Esalen without like mortgaging my my house? Right. <laughs> uh, so I went to a workshop. It was awesome. It was a weekend workshop. It was four hundred dollars, uh, and that included a dorm bed and and your meals. And the Esalen massage is built upon a foundation of slow, long strokes. Mm-hmm. That's nice. that's it. How slow can you go and how high can you fly? Really, uh, that's not their motto, but it should be because it was. It's such a beautiful practice in slowing down, mm-hmm. and it felt yeah. it felt so good to be able to give a massage uh, with long, slow, broad strokes. And all I had to do was figure out how slow can I make this, and that's it. That's I didn't have to think about anything else. Just. Right. Slow strokes and then connect them. Perfect. You know, like when I teach massage, there are four pillars to the practice. And the first pillar, I mean, we've been talking about it, it's metta and meditation. And the whole massage is an extension, a creation that comes from there. So it just became so clear to me that really the secret to giving a great massage is to turn your massage into a meditation. The more you can slow down, and to me, that means easing into what you're doing, that the more you can really just ease into what you're doing, the more you create space for it to feel and be a moving meditation. And when that's how you tap into giving a massage, then the loving kindness is going to happen organically. It's going to happen so beautifully. And you're going to, you know, you feel that for you. And then you feel that for the person that you're connecting with. Absolutely. Yeah, I like the aspect, the meditative aspect of giving massage. Um, I am someone who lives a lot in my head. And so any practice which brings me back into the body and into my breath is incredibly valuable to me. And and the older I get, the more I I prioritize any sort of activity that helps me get out of my head. We've been so well trained in using this one side of our brain, the left side of our brain, the analytic side of our brain, the it's where our ego is. It's where our, where we create plans, where we create structures, where we have like a scientific method, all of these things that keep us in our head. It requires a different skill to learn how to work from your right brain, which is all about the part of your brain that's in the present moment, which connects you with the universe, which connects you with the space that's around you, which connects us with one another. and to learn to really tap into that part of the brain is is a skill and it's just a skill that we don't haven't developed as much because we've just spent less time whether it be in school or whether it's in our society and the kind of priorities that are put upon left brain 
thinking versus right brain thinking. You know, right brain is just this thing that you pick up when you go to yoga sometimes, or and even that kind of thing. You know, like that's newer. You know, but when you if you were growing up in the seventies, eighties, or nine, you know, even in the nineties, like thinking about these things, you know, just didn't really wasn't a, a very uh, valuable part of the conversation of education. So you know, so we just have to retrain ourselves and. Giving massage is such a perfect way to do that. So giving massage regularly could be a, some sort of a meditation practice, could be part of a meditation practice uh, that you can probably, I mean, I, I'm assuming you can schedule this with people, right? So you could find people that want to give and or receive massage and schedule a regular massage appointment every week, every other week, and, and sort of incorporate that into your meditation practice. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to have it as a meditation practice, I mean, one of the best ways you can do it certainly is if you have a friend or a loved one that has a similar interest, then you can take turns giving and receiving. Or, you know, you talk about a cuddle party. I mean, a massage party is very similar, you know, where people just kind of take turns doing both because yeah you get the you get benefits from receiving don't get me wrong i mean receiving is a great thing <laughs> i mean the cuddle parties are kind of like that but but having a specific massage party where people take turns which is actually a lot how the uh, eslin massage training was is you would learn how to massage a, a part of your body and then you would try it on the student and then they would try it on you and then we would move on to another part of the body until we had more of like a big picture massage practice sure yeah, I mean, that's been part of my teaching as well. You know, like when students have already learned some stuff, then we would have potlucks or and bring people back into a space and just give and receive massage. I do teach a lot of couples, you know, like couples workshops all over North America. And then, you know, cutting back in touch with couples over a course of a number of years. I mean, it's so great to hear when couples are making this like part of a date night. And it just becomes a natural part of their relationship. And so that would be another great way that you can really build it in to your life and let it be part of a meditation practice if you want to receive it. Now, if you want to give it, I mean, there's always going to be people who want to receive it. There's no, yeah, typically there's no problem finding the people who want to be on the receiving end. <laughs> Here's an interesting question. I've, I was sort of thinking about this over the last few days and one of the things that 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 came up was was that i have this i have a feeling that it's easier sometimes often easier to receive touch from a stranger than it is from a loved one mm-hmm. or like a friend like if i think of of massaging a stranger i'm not really like weirded out by it but if i think of massaging my best friend I, i'm a little uncomfortable in a way that's another wa- reason why it's such a great thing to have between your friends because if we're talking about intimacy being vulnerability, and this is a way for you to develop that uh, intimate connection with your friend or with your loved one, then it becomes an amazing skill. So giving a massage is a relationship, just like your friendship is a relationship or your partnership is a relationship. It's a relationship, and the secret to a great relationship is communication. So your role in giving the massage, you know, what I often say about massage is, and and if we're talking about vulnerability, it is accepting that any place on the body that you massage is 
basically like you're taking a calculated risk because typically you're massaging an area of the body like you did at your party on on your friend that you met there who has a neck issue. So you're going to massage an area that's already in some kind of pain or it's sore or something like that. Or somebody wants that deep pressure and you are potentially going, you know, you don't want to go too deep to the place where you're hurting them or making it uncomfortable. So in those ways, it's not like there's a risk that you're going to injure someone, but there's a risk that it won't feel as good as you want it to be. Or the way that you bridge that gap is simply talking about it and easing your way in. So that's why really these two things work together. And even if it's with your best friend or with your partner, you know, as long as you just use the principle of starting with some lighter pressure and just asking them, how is this feeling and encouraging them to let you know, not even just waiting for you to ask them, but, you know, really tell me what you're feeling so that I can give you a better massage. And if you work with that, then that's how you overcome, I would say, that apprehension about how you can massage your friend and and let it be like a really positive experience and get past that first hurdle. And, and then you have this deep, beautiful exchange with each other. You've said in your book, which by the way, I love, and people should pick up the book because uh, it talks about those four, the four pillars of massage, right? Meditation and meta stances, rocking and touch. And that's stuff that we can't really go into uh, in in sort of an audio format. It, I mean, it works so much better in a book. It, it's a great book. I really enjoyed reading it. So first of all, thank you for writing it. One of the things that you said in there that that really kind of struck me is that massage is all about taking something that feels really good and then making it feel even better and then repeating that process over and over again. Mm-hmm. I love that. That is basically what it is, you know, and I feel like it comes back to how you are making massage a meditation practice, you know, an experience in mindfulness and simply paying attention, you know, and the other thing I would say, which I talk about in the book too, is that touch is our birthright. When we come into the world, it's the way that every single person first gets to know their place in the world. The first two years, three years of our life it's our number one sense that we're most connected to. And one of the reasons I know this is because I have a daughter, you know, and it was so perfect that she came into my life. You know, if if we talk about it from a career point of view, you know, 10 years into my career where I was already like fascinated with what exploring touch was doing for me in my life, helping clients and just revolutionizing my life basically. But then I actually had this daughter, then I'm able to pay attention from like day one about how she's getting to know her place in the world. If you've ever seen a baby, how they put everything in their mouth, how they pick something up and need to touch it and need to experience it to know what the heck this is and that this is real. So it's all sense and sensory experience and touch much more than sight or sound or smell that is our first real way that we're getting to know the world. And, you know, another thing that we talk about, it's very clear now there's a lot of research about it, is like literally like when you're first born, the baby comes out and goes right on your on the mom's chest so that they can be touched and supported. And that instinct is what carries you through the first part of your life. Basically, babies are held all the time. The more you hold your child, 
then the more of a safe space that that they are brought up into the world to then be free and explore. So we we have this birthright. We have this deep appreciation for what touch brings us, this nurturing, this safe space, this love. It's all there and it's in our fingertips. So basically just knowing that you have that, paying attention to your hands, paying attention to your breath, to your body, gently exploring that with another person and you see how that affects you on such a deep and beautiful level. I am sort of, I'm sad, saddened a little bit as I reflect on the fact that I think a lot of people are touch starved. Mm -hmm. We grow up being coddled and, and touched and nurtured for the most part. And then as we grow up uh, as children, we play a lot. There's a lot of like hugging and, and like, you know, rough housing and there's, there's contact. And then the older we get, I feel like the less contact there is, especially outside of a relationship, right? Outside of your, your couple, coupledom romantic relationship. And I, I just went through a period of several years where I really felt touch starved. You know, I, mean, I was new in Montreal, hadn't met friends yet, um, haven't just ha hadn't discovered this uh, really touchy feely cuddle party, um, ecstatic dance, acro yogi uh, community. I feel like I have access to a community that now I'm getting touched and I'm feeling a lot more connected to people. And, and so I'm really happy about that. But I'm also saddened about the fact that there, there are probably a lot of people that are just touch starved, you know, touch starved adults that don't know how to bridge the gap. Yeah. You know, if we talk about it on a societal level, that's been a, a thought. And I suppose it's been a big reason for what motivated me to write this book is that many people are starved for touch. That if you don't hug someone each day, if you don't connect, literally touching another person in a in a compassionate, kind of warm way every day, then you start to have a deficiency that builds up and walls that get put up and that help us to feel separate from other people. And it's from those places that I think, you know, those are like the seeds of fear that take root all throughout our lives and all throughout society. And, and I certainly know for me on a personal level, you know, I, I grew up in a, what certainly was a warm house. Like I definitely feel like my mom did her part and my family did her part to make sure that we loved each other and we cared for each other, but connecting to my own feelings and connecting to, you know, just the idea of connecting and being vulnerable and sharing was really foreign to me. And massage was my way in. Touch was my way in. I was someone who was always in my head. And I was someone that was fairly analytical and fairly closed off from my feelings and didn't really know how to communicate and talk to people on a deeper level. And I didn't know how to bridge that gap. Massage was my way in. Because by the time you're done giving a, a full massage, you know, it, it's such a beautiful experience and you just feel like i can't believe how connected i feel with this person and like you said sometimes they're total strangers you don't even know them at all other than the five minutes you spoke beforehand and now i feel like in such a deep bond with you and like how does that happen you know like it's through touch that really leads you into it and 
I would have these experiences over and over again. And it's just, it's such conclusive evidence of what it means to be connected. So how do people go about finding someone to give a massage to? If you've taken a course, then I think that that does attract people to want to receive what you've done. Once you have something and you're excited about it and you start to put it out there and be like, hey, I learned this amazing massage or I learned, and you can even be more specific, I learned this amazing back massage. Who wants a back massage? Whether you have a social media life or you can text some people or send out a group email or yeah, or just call some people up. I mean, I feel like that's how you start to get the ball rolling and then it goes from there. And then once you actually give someone a massage, just let them know, okay, right now I'm looking for people to massage. So if you have people that you know that might want a massage that in, would enjoy what you just got, then you know, let other people know about it. Hey, I just read this great book called The Joy of Giving Massage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I really want to try out a bunch of these techniques. Who's up? <laughs> who's who's interested? I'm sure you're going to get some some takers. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. yeah that's sure. actually the lowest barrier. You don't even have to take a class. Just get the book. Well, that's why I wrote the book, you know, like the way you talked about it in terms of the actual practical steps of how to give a massage. I mean, when I write, it's essentially as if you were to become a teacher. Like, so I don't hold anything back. And I, I've read enough massage books to know, like, you get these like very short descriptions of a technique, a couple of sentences here or there, which are almost like teasers to make you want to take the class. I mean, I would love for you to come and take a class in person, but I just feel like I said before, you know, touch is this birthright that we have. And for me, I just want as many people as possible to know that. And I believe that it can shift our relationships. It can shift a society. If you had a whole world of people that really understood the value of this kind of loving touch and compassion and what it can do for you in your relationships for yourself while you're, <laughs> and for the people on the receiving end, how that benefits, that's what motivates me. So, you know, in terms of what's in the book and those descriptions are in depth. And I try to think of as many scenarios as possible that you might run into when you're trying to figure out how to do this stuff and be as clear as possible, but also detailed so that you're right. You know, you can read the book and be like, okay, I can do this and just find someone that, or, or even have like a book club, you know, or, or just someone that you want to share the book with both of you read it together. And then basically in an afternoon, you could do all the techniques that are in the book. That's how it's designed. Hey there, homies. We are in the middle of January, which means that February is right around the corner. And I'm not a big believer in Valentine's Day, but I still want to celebrate February as like the month of love. I am working on a couple episode ideas for for February, and I need your help. So I would like to read some of your love letters or breakup letters on the air. So if you have a particularly touching love letter 
man, if it was handwritten, that would be even better than an email. I just don't know if people really handwrite love letters that much anymore. But if you have a loving breakup letter or a love letter and you are okay with me reading it on the air, we'll uh, of course keep your names out of it. Then please send me the letter or contact me, Sean at thelovedrive.com. That's S-H-A-U-N at thelovedrive.com or uh, DM me on Instagram at thelovedrive. I would like to talk to you and I would like to read your love letter on the air for the like Valentine's Day love special. So if you're interested, contact me, please. My name is Sean Galanos. This is The Love Drive, and we are talking with Shai Plonsky about the joy of giving massage. What I learned actually from going to these these cuddle parties is that um, I can engage in platonic touch with people and it not mean anything other than we are just enjoying giving and receiving touch. So can you talk any more about what that brings to you, the party or to your relationship or to you as on an individual level to have that platonic touch and, and connection that way? Well, so I was, you know, fairly touched star for for a couple of years and I, I've also been seeking partnership and really wanting you know, a partner in my life to build something with. And I, I really felt myself kind of grasping. You know, I had this ideal list of what my partner was going to look like and they had to fit all of these criteria, and it's extremely limiting and it's not a very realistic way of being in the world. And what I realized is by going to these events and by, by cultivating friendships in which touch is uh, not only okay, but encouraged various forms of it, I became a lot less graspy the, this hunt for the perfect partner is sort of not there anymore because I know that now some of my needs for touch are being met in other ways. Mm-hmm. Right. So I met a I met somebody at a, a at a cuddle party and then I invited. Um, I, I saw her giving a face massage and giving a face massage is something that I've always wanted to be good at, but didn't know how to be. And so I invited her, uh, I asked her if she would be in, interested in in sharing, giving and receiving face massages so that I could practice both giving and receiving because I wanted to see what her technique was and then I wanted to apply it on her. And uh, we got together, we hung out for three hours, we gave each other face massages, we got to know each other, and it was an incredibly warm and loving experience. Haven't seen her since. This was like over a month, a month ago. We haven't felt particularly, you know, whatever, motivated or whatever to reconnect, but I still really value that time that we spent together, and I'll look forward to seeing her whenever that happens. And so I got so much out of just being able to practice that and receive it. And now I know how to give better face massages. So that's like another bonus. It's another tool in my toolkit of, of like bringing pleasure to people. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. One thing that I kind of thought about as I was re- reading your book, some people are scared of receiving because <laughs> they are scared that uh, maybe the giver will take advantage of the situation mm-hmm. or uh, we're also we're also just not taught how to receive uh, right you know uh, rarely can people unless they're paying for a massage can people just really sink into it without wanting to give at the same time you know after like 15 minutes really feeling like they need to give one thing I realized is that the receiver, 
has the power mm-hmm. in in massage, right? There's the giver and the receiver. The receiver has the power, not the giver, right? Right. That's something I really try to train you on, and I write about in the book. It's exactly that, that if you're going to give, and, and especially in this day and age where we're becoming so much more sensitive you know, in a Me Too movement and consent and everything it is, you know, and again, this massage is metta, it's loving kindness and it's compassion. So that's what always guides my choices in how to teach someone on what it means to give a great massage. Um, if you want to give a really compassionate massage, I mean, you have to, that, that's one of the things you accept that any, every relationship has a power dynamic. And that includes in the world of giving massage. And what you need to embody when you're the giver is that that power really relies or lies with the receiver because the person who's agreed to receive a massage, what have they, what are they doing? They're really giving up control of their body. They are trusting that you're going to touch them in that way that is helping them to feel good. So yeah, darn straight. You better be responsible for that and know that it's a responsibility that you need to embody. And if you have issues that you think could get in the way of doing that, you need to own that at least internally. But the way you overcome that is really, I feel like what we've already been talking about, it's just trusting these principles of make your massage and meditation and ease in to everything that you do and communicate and talk and if you're ever unsure of something, then you know that that's a signal that you should verbalize it and just ask how this is feeling. And the other thing that I really bring into the, the massage space, which I think can also help to make receiving more comfortable, make giving more comfortable, is the use of a lot of props. So pillows and blankets and things like that that create, I mean, first of all, in this massage, you keep your clothes on. So that's already you know a comfortable boundary between you and the partner who's getting massage. Now, if you're in an intimate relationship and you want to do it with your clothes off, I'm not going to stop you from doing that. <laughs> not you're not personally going to show up right. and be like put your clothes back on. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you're not doing it wrong, but but at the same time, you know, by design, the massage is typically done with your clothes on. But then if you if you're putting pillows between you and the, and your partner, like like what you talked about in your exchange with your person that you massaged at the cuddle party where she was just leaning into you and you're comfortable with that and she's comfortable with that, but that's very intimate where her back is touching your front like that without anything in between you. But if you uh, want to create comfort and still have some more space, then you just put a pillow between you and them and then all of a sudden you have a natural boundary, you know? So I teach people to use pillows a lot for that purpose to create those safe spaces and to create comfortable spaces so that you can simply focus in on, on the massage. And then I see you, yeah, I see your reaction. You're right. I mean, little things like that make all the difference in the world. Well, I was just thinking about massaging my best friend. I was like, oh, we'd be so, I was actually thinking about, you know, massaging his bare skin. And it's so much less like scary to massage him if he's wearing loose, comfortable clothing. Right. (laughs) It's like, it's so much more uh, accessible for people if, if you know that there's clothing there. Yeah. 
clothing there and pillows or blankets that cover the person as well, you know, and you're always massaging an area that is covered, that is supported. And, and then, yeah, then you can close your eyes if you're on the receiving end and let go more and more. But I do feel like very much receiving is a skill, you know, giving up that control is not something that people are necessarily instantly going to be able to do. It's something that you have to learn sometimes in, in how to do it and to just relax and let go. So yeah, the giver helps to coach and train that by communicating, by covering the person up and then just give, you know, because you just are there to want to help and you want to, and that's what you embody, you know, in, in terms of your own energy. I mean, I think it's natural where we are, you know, sex or, or, and, and things of that nature, like we get urges, you know, these things come up. And if it comes up in you, you just have to acknowledge that it is and just know that it's not you. So then you're giving the space for that to move out of you. At the end of the day, if you have someone leaning into you and you're leaning into them and everything's feeling good, it's entirely a natural thing that could happen that you get a sexual thought of towards this other person. It's what you do with your next thought that I think is really important. That if this is not a sexual situation, then you just have to acknowledge that, okay, a, a biological response has happened. Something has gone on, but then take your next breath. Come back to meta. Come back to just, I'm here to help you. And you're giving space for that sexual thought to move along. And then you can just continue with what you're doing. So it is, it's, it's a big responsibility to give. But if you do those things, those, you know, they're not hard things to do. They're just you being responsible. Then you can create a beautiful, beautiful experience. You deepen your connection. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up uh, sex because I, I feel like people see massage as a precursor to sex. And that's an incredibly simplistic way of looking at at this practice, which can really expand your capacity to love. It could bring you closer to a person. It could deepen your intimacy. And yeah, it could also be a really arousing way of starting sex. And so it's important to, to, to note that it's not just that. It's, it can be so much more than that. And if you get aroused, yeah, it's a physiological response to an external stimulus. It can it can be that, or it could be also a response to to like an you know a, a, a thought or a, a internal excitement stimulus. But what do you do with that energy? You know, do you bring it in your heart, or do you like keep it in your genitals and contract and like really like feed it, or do you you sort of just let it dissipate? Because everything, you know, energy dissipates if you don't just like if you don't feed it. You know, I, I think of a Simpsons episode. <laughs> I used to watch the Simpsons a lot. And there was this, you know, it was a Halloween episode, a very famous Halloween episode from the 90s where there's monsters that are coming alive. And then there's like this little jingle that that gets played, which is really just, just don't look, <laughs> you know, just don't look. And that's the idea that, you know, if you have that come up and you don't want to have an erection, don't pay attention to your erection. Pay attention to the fact that, you know, if I'm massaging someone's shoulder, come back to the fact that you're massaging their shoulder. If, you know, if you want to, you know, sweep or, you know, give just some gentle effleurage on the, to that person or walk around to another part of the body or whatever it is, you know, it's just, you just change the channel and you move on and it will pass. You're right. It just passes. Yeah, that reminds me, I was with a woman recently, and we were sort of, 
we were making out. We were like rubbing each other. It was, and there was definitely some arousal there, but I was also able to many times throughout the whole day, uh, just shift my attention away from sexual energy and arousal. And she was blown away that I was able to just consciously shift it and not pay any more attention to that particular kind of energy. And she was, and she goes, Oh my God, you have this ability to master your excitement. I go, yeah, I don't have to follow every arousing thought. Like I don't have to go down that road. And it's actually incredibly exciting to, to have some control over that part of your body. Right. It's, it's so powerful to be able to say, no, not right now. Like I've explored that. That was awesome. And now I'm going to back away from it and, and shift my attention to eye gazing or, or, you know, conversation or something else and not be at the mercy of arousal. Mm -hmm. You know, you talk about that kind of mastery over those impulses. I mean, I feel like because this is a massage, it's all about this compassion and you're connecting with your body, you're shifting from your head to your heart. You're just simply becoming more aware of your full potential of all that you are in this safe space where you are massaging another person. It really brings you into a connection of energy. If an arousal, you know, basically is a biological response on some level, that is energy. And it just simply is strong enough that it takes over in a lot of cases and it kind of clouds us. But if you're, if the kind of energy you start to become aware of is bigger than an arousal energy, you know, like, you know, how good it feels to, to feel relaxation in your foot or something like, or how good it feels to have this bond while you're massaging another person and, and, and see how many ways you're helping this person. I mean, it really is an education in, in energy, the more that you give the massage. So that the more that you massage, you get to experience so many different aspects of yourself that are not just in your head and are not only thoughts, but come from the heart. And, and that's kind of like what we were talking about before, how it teaches you how to shift from your head to your heart. Basically, what that is also speaking to is shifting into your whole body awareness, that the more that you can really feel more parts of your body, then it's not complicated or hard to shift out of you know, that initial arousal experience, because you have, you have the tools all of a sudden to just to let that go and feel other parts of your body. And these things are not things that you have to try. These are just the organic results that happen from really developing more sensitivity and compassionate touch and, and massaging people. Bring it into your heart. <laughs> Exactly. I'm going to try something new. This is this is brand new. Are you ready? You're you're the first. You're the first one. Sure. What is love to you? Love to me is that universal spirit flowing through you that you can also feel in another person or in your environment that's around you. So love is this universal energy 
It is you shift. Yeah, it really is you shifting out of your head into your heart and trusting that and engaging both inside and outside from that place. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Great. <laughs> is there anything that we didn't talk about that we would be doing a disservice not talking about? One thing that just came to mind, if anyone has been listening to this and it just seems like this seems like complicated to learn or, or in any kind of way, something that is going to take a lot of time to start to get these principles and put this into action. Um, it really doesn't. You can learn these things in literally an afternoon, this, these secrets to giving an amazing massage and starting to see how it can benefit you. So that would be one of the things that I would want people to understand and, and know that, you know, the book itself, like the whole first part of the book is all about my personal journey and all about how uh, giving really works. So I, I do get into the science of it, into the science of touch, into how it helps us to shift from the, from the head to the heart. You know, I, I couldn't um, imagine what my life would be if I didn't have touch. And now I'm 43 years old. I started this when I was 26. And I'm just like way healthier and happier now than I ever was then. And, and I've gone through so much shit. That's a whole other side of the story. And I guess that's the other thing is that through whatever struggles I've had, through whatever growing as a person, the fact that I've had touch and this ability to connect with other people, to help other people while helping myself, it has... It has been like this friend and this companion that has helped me so many times over as I develop as a person. In a way, we're talking about this as like these one-off experiences and the benefits that you can get from it. But then you have to understand when you start to stack them and it starts to become this regular part of your life, it's a way to tap into like the fountain of youth. You know, when you're feeling connected, when you're getting into these, yeah, into your body and when you're getting into these intimate spaces, I mean, I feel like that's what you're that's what you're doing. And that's how it has helped me so much to understand that life is about more than the rat race or money or, or whatever it is. You know, I mean, these are aspects to life, but they to help you find a balance and to help you have this really like a companion in life, it it's priceless. It's beyond priceless. And then if you are in a relationship with someone and can develop that with your partner, I mean, you start to think about, okay, if I start this now and I just do this regularly with my partner for a year or five years or 10 years, like it's transformative. It's really, really powerful stuff. So I say that that's a great place to yeah, to leave this. <laughs> I'm excited to put this into practice in my relationships. Wonderful, man. Yeah. I mean, I look forward to have a partner that I can that I can regularly massage and receive massage from. Really, I do. Where can we uh, find the book and more about you? So The Joy of Giving Massage is on Amazon, and that would be the easiest way to find it. There's both the Kindle version and the paperback version. I started a school called the Still Light Center. The way you find me is either on my website, which is stilllightcenter.com. I have a YouTube channel as well, so I'm sure we'll post a link to it. 
every Wednesday I post a new video. There's over 120 videos there as well. So a lot of the principles, all these four pillars that we talked about, I have videos about that. I have all kinds of techniques that you can continue to develop. And it's all free and it's all right there on YouTube that you can watch and start to put into practice right away, both on the table and on the ground. And then I teach. So I teach all over North America. I teach at some big retreat centers like at the Kripalu Center in Massachusetts or the Omega Institute, which is another big retreat center in Rhinebeck, New York, or on the West Coast in 1440 Multiversity. It's a beautiful retreat center in Santa Cruz. I teach in a lot of different yoga studios on the East Coast and on the West Coast. In San Francisco and in Berkeley, I'm part of... Um, a community called Purusha Yoga. So I teach a whole curriculum there. But yeah, if you just go on the website, you can see different places where I teach. And I've trained people who you know, are part of my school. So we cover in a lot of different places in North America, for sure. Thank you so much for helping me put love into words. Thank you. <laughs> Remember when I asked Shy what love is? I want to know what love is to you. So if you want to share with me, leave me a voicemail. 626-539-4993 or send me an audio message to sean at thelovedrive.com. That's S-H-A-U-N at thelovedrive.com. Thank you so much for listening and for being here and for engaging with me uh, mostly on Instagram at thelovedrive. I'm feeling really grateful that there seems to be a small community of folks uh, gathering around and talking about love and sharing their challenges and their hopes. And it feels good. It feels really, really good to me. And so I thank you for being there. Next week, I'm bringing Ashley Miller back. And we're talking about how to do healthy relationship. We learn how to be human by watching our human parents. So how they do relationship is how we learn to do relationship. And so you can either be the screaming, yelling one, or you could be the one that's shutting yourself down. 